afternoon and welcome to the channel final bell here on the rural radio network i'm susan littlefield a monday that brought us some train that really kind of flip-flopped all around especially when we look at the grain side of it we ended up seeing a, a mix to lower on the corn obviously lower numbers seen within the wheat complex but higher on the soybeans some interesting takes as to what's happening uh, geopolitical the dollar china are all things we've been talking about we've just got a lot of back and forth that's taking place and then we've got speaking of political We've got election talk, uh, one presidential candidate making some comments, and that, how much was influenced on the trade? We're going to find out about all of that today with Darren Fessler. Darren, of course, is with Lakefront Futures, so I kind of wanted to start out, though, on this dollar, because it had an effect on both sides of the spectrums of grain and livestock in today's trade. Well, it certainly did, and it's and when we look at the global macro picture here, we look at how weak the Chinese equity markets have been, um, and how strong we've been. Um, it, it just it, it's that theme of okay, we see really good jobs data last week, decent you know decent economic numbers in general, and the S and P's and Nasdaqs and Dow continues to you know test these higher levels, all time highs. That really has the tone higher on the dollar now we i mean there's a huge question mark with how strong this dollar could be obviously the u.s debt we got almost nine trillion dollars of bonds are going to be maturing over the next year who's the buyer of those bonds because the fed's going to have to issue some new debt here uh the continuation of this the spending spree that the u.s continues to be on so there's a lot of questions about how strong that dollar could be but near term is definitely having an impact i think uh, you know on the, these export markets uh not just uh, the grains but if you look at the dollar related uh denominations you know crude oil uh, you know, the dollar versus brazilian real I mean, it's it's all an arbitrage and how 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 strong are we can, are we versus some of our major competitors say like brazil well yeah and you, you talk about that i mean this like you said is not just the u.s dollar that is going to have a continued influence on this so what do you see um how do you see that playing a role i guess not only in the overnight trade that's coming towards us in a couple hours but into the tuesday trade action well, you, you look at some of the Chinese equities, and I, I, I've stressed this on social media that it's, you know, without China stronger than they are, it's going to have definite ramifications on U.S. ads, and we're already seeing that. Uh, you have a very weak Chinese consumer right now. You also have a, a, a market that, you know, they're trying to back off of some of their soy meal rationing uh you know what they're putting into their supplements so they're they've been on a camp that the chinese admin has been on a three-year campaign uh, this is the second year they're on it to try to reduce the amount of imported beans and dust soy meal into the feed supply of hogs and the hogs again you know they've had some decent bumps up here in the chinese markets leading up to some national holidays starting this week and next we'll see what really how strong those chinese prices are after the fact but when we look at how competitive the u.s bean market is and granted the, the bean market has been really beat down but how competitive are we in the March, April, May time frame versus Brazil? Which, you know, they're going to be pushing 50% done with harvest here on the beans. So, obviously, interior basis in Brazil is really tanking. And I think that really the story about beans is, is how weak this overall international cash market is. And, and I think it simply goes back to how weak China's been. We, we've seen some Chinese indexes, like the CSI 1000, 1000 largest companies in China, 
down nearly 30% year to date. And we, we just started February. They're already down 30%. So I think what we're looking at here is the potential where there's going to be more talk. If these equity markets continue doing this, there, there's already talk of short selling bans in China or trillion dollar type stimulus to get that economy going. But again, it's the, the biggest buyer of our grain is not good. It's definitely having an impact here. And that doesn't mean we can't rally. The funds are short a lot of this stuff and have added more shorts over the last few weeks, months. This Chinese, can it, I mean, obviously their economies, it's going to take a while to do any sort of turning around. But how much of an influence do you see that then? Because of their struggles and their continued focus on South America, on the European Union for some of their grains, to have a toll on us? Major. Okay. I, I think it's it's a major impact in us because without the demand, Mexico is, is only going to buy so much corn. Japan's only going to buy so much corn. We, if we don't have this demand structure here, we're going to have the Outlook Forum this month. We're going to get an idea and a glimpse of what this corn and bean yield acreage and, and stuff is for 24. Whether that comes to fruition or not, it's, it's, it, that is not the most important question. The most important question here is if these come to re, you know reality, and we do have 92 million or 91 million at a 181, or maybe we have a catalyst of you know 85 million acres beans. Maybe that's a bullish catalyst. Whatever that number is, you will not need the the type of production if you don't have the Chinese demand, and that's where I think that we've seen all these stories in, in Brazil and, and and how bad that crop is, and, and really the market hadn't moved the needle at all. And, and why? I think it comes back to one: you, you've had a weak China. Whether Brazil was one forty, one fifty, or one sixty, it didn't matter because of the, the of the weak Chinese demand. So. It, it, it paints not maybe the rosiest picture without a weather, war, inflation, demand up th- this upcoming year. So the rallies that do come in 24, uh, I, I just feel like it's a, it's a gift that producers will need to reward. And you've listed off, um, I'm, right before we go to break here, but you've listed off everything that we all know has the potential over the next couple of months. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to look at as we continue to digest really this global impact, this Monday market trade. You know, Mondays are tough anyways. Who would have ever thunk this was all going to get thrown at us at once? Stick around. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half just around the corner. It is the channel final bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. A Best of Both Worlds product portfolio is one of the aspects to look forward to from the new channel brand in 2025. Here's Matt McGuire, new channel dealer from Wisner, Nebraska. With bringing in Fontenelle and Channel together, I think that our portfolios will also be second to none, especially on the corn side. It'll fill holes for both companies that customers may have seen there before, and I think it's just going to uh, make us really rock solid on the corn side. For more, contact your local Channel Seed Pro in Nebraska, Kansas, and Colorado. Welcome back to the Channel Final Battle here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As our conversation with Darren Fessler continues with Lakefront Futures, during the commercial break, I, I was kind of thinking as well as we, we had wrapped it up and you were talking about all these layers. And to me, it kind of in my brain, I look at it as either Tetris or a Jenga game. Because if one of these elements that we talked about at the end of segment one gets shifted or changes, we could have some serious issues happening within these grain and livestock complexes or maybe a boost if it goes a different direction. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that we're we're bracing for, and we're hoping for the best. Uh, bracing for the worst, hoping for the best. Because I mean, you know, as we're talking about the Chinese demand, and and we're looking, you know, it's a futures market, right? The market's going to try to price stuff in in the future. And when we're looking at the U.S. balance sheet, uh, and we assume, you know, USDA is going to update some numbers later on this week, CODNAB, which is the equivalent of our USDA, but Brazil, they're going to update their numbers. If if neither one of these move the needle, now we can, we can argue whether USDA is right or wrong. That's a valid argument. But at the end of the day, the, they will have the influence on the market, whether we like it or not. And so... You know, what would move their needle in, in a massive way to change our balance sheets is, is still a, a huge question. And again, do we have a, 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 an inflationary type picture? Now, again, if we look at the data that the, C, that the Fed looks at, you know, CPI data and all the other PPI data, all this other inflationary data, inflation's coming down, you know, at least the headline numbers. Inflation's still there. But the, the market, the stock market, all this is, is anticipating, well, we're going to have these rate cuts. Well, keep in mind what I said earlier. It's like we have $9 trillion of bonds maturing here over the next year. If you lower the rates, it's going to make bonds less attractive. So that doesn't really bode well for the Fed either. But again, you continue to have these good jobs data, and it, it feels like the more good things that we have happening as far as the equity markets, that's keeping all the focus and the, and the money flow in that sector and out of commodities. It, I see this when we look at the open interest. I mean, it, it's not as high as it was in over the last few years. But what would get the what would get the funds to cover their short positions? What would get the interest of other investors into the ag space at the moment here? And, and that's a huge question. Now, granted, it's February fifth. There's a lot of things that will take place and happen and, and change the course of these markets. But if we come in here, the March planning intentions, and we end up with some decent corn acres and some decent weather. The question, I, the message that I'm sending to clients is the, the, the least of the concerns now is if we rally 50 cents. The concerns right now is whether we go to $4. And so I know that doesn't not always go off and come off as like, well, that's just a you know bunch of doom and gloom. Well, we got to be honest with where we are in the marketplace. And, and where we are right now is, is, a, is a really weak China. And so that's, you know, again, it goes back to the themes. If we get some of these rallies, which I do think we're going to get, again, it's February 5th, we're going to get some of these rallies. But at what point is the hedge pressure that's going to be probably met with from the farmer selling, at what level is that to? Because um, when we look at funds short over a quarter of a million contracts, what is the farmer long? Are they long double that, triple that in physical supply? So I think the, the, the rallies may be a little bit more tamed um, you know, when they do come. So let's talk about the, the presidential candidate that's been making some comments and, and how the markets reacted to that. Yeah, I mean, when, when you have – Trump was making some comments um, over the weekend about, you know, if – and I do think this is some of the reason why we, we've seen some of the stuff priced in on the beans inside of things. When we start hearing, you know, we're going to put a tariff on this country or a tariff on that country, while it might sound good, 
these are our biggest buyers. So you, you it's a very, you know, you got to be very careful in what we're saying and to who we're saying it to. Um, whether China's been stealing some intellectual property or not, or, you know, but again, that's that's our biggest buyer. And in Mexico, the same type of thing. So it's a very uh, timid situation. So we, I think the market understands it. I think the market is looking at the current poll numbers and they're taking in the, the, the risk here, the calculated bet here that that, hey, if this scenario were to happen, what kind of discount do we need in some of these prices? And not only that, but uh, obviously what, what's when transpired in uh, South American production so far. All right, real quick, what's the one thing you want to watch going into tomorrow's trade? Uh, really, we gotta we gotta watch the nine and five day moving averages. We gotta get back above these in both of these corn, bean, wheat market and establish more momentum to the upside. All right, best way for folks to get a hold of you. 312-858-3668 or they can always find me on X at DVF Alpha. All right, that has been today's Channel Final Bell. It is brought to you by the Channel Seed and it's brought to you by the Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professional. And as always, reminding you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. Pick it up as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. And that's the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. <laughs>